welcome to the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. I'm your host, Dr. Linda Mintel. I'm here along with my co-host, Chris Weigel, and every weekend we're here, we're doing life together, and we're so glad you've joined us. That's right, Dr. Linda. This is our third show during this stay-at-home order, and we are still practicing social distance, again, uh, doing our radio show apart and on social media platforms. I can't say this is my favorite way to do this, but we are making it work, and we're grateful for the technology that allows us to continue to talk with everyone who listens to this program. And we can still see each other on our Skype platform that we're using. It isn't quite the same, like you said, Chris, but we are grateful that we're not sick at this point, and we continue to pray for those who do need healing. We do need an upbeat show once in a while during this time of being at home, don't you think? Yeah, we were talking before the show about how uh, we are starting to just get bored. Yeah, a little bit antsy, Mm. I think is the word we used to use in the North. You know, in families where everyone is healthy, I'm telling you, Chris, there are only so many games of Yahtzee that we can play every (laughs) night. I don't know. Norm and I try it. We play a lot of board games, and we've decided to look around on social media and see how you are passing the time. What are you doing, and what are you doing? in your homes that might be fun and helpful. So we've got a couple of ideas that we found. I think the key to board games is to make sure the game doesn't end up on the floor. We don't have children. Is there something I should know as two adults how that would happen? good friend of mine uh, was playing Monopoly with his mom and dad, and it got so bad. Like intense? Like they were mad that they were losing? Yeah, the table ended up on its side. It was really bad. Oh, my goodness. Well, we're trying to be good sports about this whole thing, but I do think we need a few more ideas, and that's why we're going to talk about that today in our show. But we have to begin with keeping our sense of humor. I mean, we see these memes online about how our hair will look when this is all over with, and they are interesting to look at. There's lots of gray hair coming out. Yeah, I know. It's beginning to look a little scary for me. I'm kind of glad we're on radio and not on TV right now. Hey, some people may think that, you know, it's inappropriate for us to be laughing and attempting humor during a pandemic, but turning to humor during a crisis can really be beneficial. It's a coping strategy for stress, and it does help our physical and our mental health if we're using humor. I'm glad you said that because there are lots of people in this situation who question if this is the time for you know, making virus jokes. So are we being insensitive if we laugh? No, I don't think so. And here's why. We can't listen to 24-7 news or focus on all the negatives that we sometimes hear reported in media or we'll just become anxious and depressed. So using humor doesn't mean we don't deeply empathize with those on the front lines or those who have lost their loved ones. Humor is really a coping mechanism, and it's a positive one at that. Uh, We need to laugh, and here's why. Laughter brings people together, so when we're telling jokes and we're laughing, it's a way of bonding. It also lessens the tensions, and I think we need that right now. It helps resolve a lot of conflicts when people are getting so worked up, like those board games that you were talking about, or they're (laughs) arguing or they're fighting. If you just add a little humor, it can really break the tension and it can help calm things down. And laughter helps us cope with life's disappointments. And right now there's a lot of disappointments of canceled graduations, weddings, jobs on hold, and a whole lot more. You know, Proverbs 17.22 does say that a cheerful heart is good medicine, but a crushed spirit dries up the bones. Laughter is good medicine, and jokes and fun do ease the tension. And right now, I think we need to also boost our physical health. And you might be surprised that laughter actually helps us relax muscles as well as increases hormones, antibodies, and killer cells necessary to fight certain diseases. And laughter has been proven to reduce negative symptoms of anxiety and depression. 
So why not incorporate this right now? That's right. You have a friend who posted some pretty humorous sayings on Facebook. You know, they made me laugh out loud. Literally, LOL, when I saw these. Well, they were signs. So he posted this meme of signs, and I was the same as you. I was laughing when I saw this. The first one was, this is my stepladder. I never knew my real ladder. <laughs> I don't know why that makes me laugh, but it does. Or how about this one? I checked myself into the Hokey Pokey Clinic, and I turned myself around. Bingo. That's it. <laughs> Next time we sing that, at a, we do that at a wedding. I'm going to think of that sign. And then what happens if you get scared half to death twice? Mm, good question. No, mm. think about that one. And uh, I love this last one. My wife said, I never listened to her or, or, or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> we do have to laugh and, uh, and, of course, keep our spirits up. And here's a funny one that I, I found. Day two without sports. Found a young lady sitting on my couch yesterday. Apparently, she's my wife, and she seems nice. <laughs> there are probably a lot of people who have noticed their wife sitting on the couch. <laughs> I think she's a nice person. Well, lots of people are getting reacquainted with their spouses, Chris. That's a good thing. I don't feel laughing is disrespectful, as we're not laughing at the virus, but we're laughing at things that could be funny during this time. And jokes that are not about the virus are probably the best. But jokes are definitely momentary distractions away from so much pain and so much loss that people might be experiencing right now. To your point, people are trying all kinds of ways to entertain themselves. Um, there was an Adele concert that was performed in front of gummy bears. Oh, it was a tent. Oh, gosh. <laughs> that could be interesting to watch. Did they animate them or what did they do? Did, they, did you see it? No, I missed that one. I'll have to go back and check it out. But, and one of the places that this type of silly humor is really taking off is on TikTok. Uh, they're short and they're just silly, goofy videos that you can upload. Have you looked at TikTok at all? That pops up on Facebook a lot, and there's some pretty creative stuff out there. Oh, it's funny. And for those of you who don't know what TikTok is, it's a social media platform that has actually become quite popular, I would say, in the last maybe six months to a year. It's a video sharing social network that lets you watch, share, and create videos, often to a soundtrack or a song. I think that's the first ones I ever saw was people kind of singing and dancing to songs. It's reasonably safe, but like all social media platforms, parents still need to monitor its use. And there are some funny family videos out there, too. The Quarantine Olympics is one. People are training for goofy things, silly things, and they have scoreboards to keep track of the wins. And so it's called Quarantine Olympics. That's right. I saw one of those. There's this family in North Carolina who plays dodgeball in their house. Now, before you think, Chris, about all the damage that could be done playing dodgeball in your house, they're doing this with rolls of toilet paper, and they are blindfolded when they play. And once you're hit with a roll of toilet paper, you're out. See, the problem is toilet paper is at a premium right now. See, they must have their big pack of it or something. <laughs> you could still use it after you hit somebody with it. Good point. And to really challenge themselves, they also... Uh, spin in circles to get dizzy before they begin. So it looks pretty funny if you see these people off balance trying to, to play dodgeball with toilet paper in their living room. <laughs> oh, it is pretty funny. I mean, it's just so ridiculous. It makes you laugh. But the family's having a lot of fun and they're passing the time in a very positive way. I think their kids will always remember this. That's probably one thing they'll remember about the COVID-19 crisis is the time that they played dodgeball, toilet paper, blindfolded, spinning in their living room. It's a pretty big memory. I think they're tapping into their inner child. That's right. We'll definitely tell our kids about how we acted like 
kids <laughs> during, <laughs> during the coronavirus. Well, right now, Dr. Linda, I'm foregoing my inner child and going to be very adult-like and tell you that we need to take a short break. But stay with us as we give more ideas about positive things to do to cope during these trying times. Hi, I'm Dr. Linda Mintel, the relationship doctor, with a quick prescription to help you break free from anger. Whether you are seriously out of control, hot-tempered, or just easily annoyed, why not try this biblical strategy to conquer those destructive reactions? A good place to begin is to admit you have an anger problem, and then begin the tough work of finding the root of your anger. The next step is to identify the triggers, you know, the cues that set you off. Your trigger might be other people or situations or even certain thoughts that pop into your mind. Next, calm down. It's like pressing pause on the moment. Take a breath. Count to five in Spanish or maybe some other language. Get your thinking brain back into control. And then finally, create a reaction plan. So in advance, think about ways to combat those familiar angry feelings. And then practice, practice, practice your plan. With God's help, you can break free from anger. Welcome back to the Dr. Linda Mental Show. And today's topic is boredom busters for quarantine. And we've got a lot more to talk about. But before we move on, I want to remind you to check out Dr. Linda's website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find her books, blogs, and you can connect on social media. Dr. Linda recently wrote a book. It's called Living Beyond Pain. It's a book that helps anyone living with pain get their life back. It's practical and is available online where books are sold. Dr. Linda, getting back uh, to the topic today, healthy ways to pass the time at home. I see people building things like sheds in their backyards. Well, how is yours going? I think you, you've you been working on one of those, haven't you? The shed itself is finished, but we have added, uh, let's see, raised flower beds. We've put some brick border around some stuff. It's been, actually, I'm working on a great tan right now because there's lots of sunshine. And uh, we've been outside the whole time. Next time I come to your house, I'm going to see like a landscape paradise. Is that what you're telling me? It will be like you stepped into better homes and gardens. At our house. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I'm seeing a lot of gardening as well here on my end, Chris. We've done some of that, too. We've planted all kinds of perennials and not quite all the flowers yet, but we've, we've started. And uh, one young man, though, is not building outside, but he's building extravagant meals for his family. I don't know if you saw this. He's a 14-year-old with a passion for cooking and drama. And what he does is he treats his family to themed dinners two or three nights a week. So he combines his skills in the kitchen with light comedy to recreate common restaurant experiences and food-related <laughs> moments from popular TV shows. That's right. Wow. And he's using the supplies, so the food things that he finds around the house. One of his TikToks, which we just talked about, showed him as a hibachi chef energetically whipping up fried rice and grilling shrimp on a portable grill. I think you should get your daughters to do this. I might call this kid. <laughs> Wait, I don't know. He's 14. How old is your oldest daughter? Oh, she's 12. Yeah, you might not want to call him yet. Yeah, we'll keep him away. <laughs> your kids are all grown up and out of the house, but you do have Dr. Norm, who happens to be a gourmet chef. I know, and we are having ridiculously good meals because cooking relaxes him, and he loves to experiment with new recipes, which means 
I have to do a lot of walking at night to get rid of all those extra calories that we're dealing with. You can send him here. That's not a problem. You know, I could probably hire him out as a chef. He could prepare meals at home and then deliver. We could probably make some extra money on the side during this time. But I love the fact that this 14-year-old, this is a teenager really getting into it and doing something different. So that's really creative to be thinking about light comedy and theme meals. I really like the way that young man is thinking. He's not using the excuse of, I'm bored, I don't have anything to do. He's taking advantage of this. Right, right. Dr. Linda, was that your phone? It was somebody texting me during the show. <laughs> you know, we're trying to do a but radio I, show here. I know, that's the beauty of doing it live, isn't it? All right, great. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of uh, just finding things to do during this quarantine, we're definitely walking, biking more, getting out into the fresh air, working in the yard, doing things with the kids. We've been playing baseball. No matter where it is, no matter what we do, as long as we can get outside, I think that's the key. And there are a lot of people that are in downtown areas, too, so they could get out of their high-rise or their apartment buildings and do the same thing and maybe find an area that's safe to walk and do a lot of walking. Lots of cities have walking and biking paths, and as the weather gets warmer, there's definitely more people that I'm seeing outside. As long as we keep social distancing, that outdoor activity can be a boost to our mood. Let's not forget that. That is a mood booster. It gives us more energy. It helps our physical health. Even exercising to different apps in the house really does help boost your mood. It's interesting, Chris, that one of my medical students who works out every day, every day, before the stay-at-home order, this guy was in the gym, but he's doing nothing now. And so I asked him, I said, what is going on with you? I mean, you are the workout king. And he told me, he said, I can't do it. I need a gym. And I was like, you need a gym? He goes, no, without the gym, I'm not motivated. So his classmates really got on him and told him he's got to find a new way to get physically mm. active. And that might be the case for some of you that are listening. Maybe just start with walking so you can get out and start moving. Sort of a problem because a lot of uh, people who have gym memberships, for them, it's a social activity. When you can't do that, it's sort of... Uh... It's boring. Yeah, why do I want to go out and do this now? Right, it's boring. So maybe, again, if you can social distance with somebody, do a, a run or walking or a hike or something, just do, you're going to have to think of new ways to do it because the gyms probably aren't going to open for a while. I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, again, making light of uh, the, the quarantine time. It's as if the husband was were saying, well, I guess now I have time to do all those things I've told my wife I don't have time to do. <laughs> That's right. All those projects. You can get out. There's lots of, uh, you know, painting, fixing things, stuff you haven't had time to do. Well, now's the time to do it. Right. And I've been using the time I have at night. I've been going through closets, storage, a whole bunch of boxes that we have boxes sitting in our basement that we haven't looked at since we moved into this house. Mm. And I found all kinds of stuff in there that I could use or I could give away or I could ship to the kids something that they might need. We're getting rid of the clutter. And so I think that's a good thing. We, we just dropped off a big pile of boxes and things that people could use to the goodwill. And we tried going to the Salvation Army, but they were only accepting food donations at this time. And you know what, Chris? It felt really good. I know someone else can use those things. I'm not using them. And organizing is a really good way of coping you feel like you've accomplished something and it's something that you can control. I think that's key too. It's something you can put your hands on and do and it makes you feel like you've got a grasp of something. Right. I think that's it. It's something you can control. And again, we all say, if I had more time, I'd do it. Well, now we have more time. We've talked a little bit about all of the, uh, the parodies and the funny activities families are posting on the internet. But one of the most positive outcomes of staying at home 
is that families are eating dinner and meals together again. I just blogged on that, actually. So you could find that blog on my uh, website, drlindamental.com. We have talked about family dinners before, but this is such a positive shift that could happen in American families, I hope, going forward. Because there are a number of studies that have shown us that there are multiple, multiple benefits to families who eat meals together. So the first one is that if you eat meals with your children, you decrease their likelihood to drink, smoke, or use illegal drugs. Now, isn't that interesting? Just that family time together does all of that. It also decreases teens' likelihood to have sex at a younger age. So again, these are big, big benefits. And then it decreases the child's likelihood to get in fights or be suspended from school, because they're not in school right now, but in terms mm. of getting in trouble, or a really important one that we're always thinking about with children, it decreases the likelihood that they'll become suicidal. And then the biggest one, of course, is that it improves nutrition of the family and the families eat together and eat probably better because they're making meals. It improves their family relationships, their intimate connections, and it also can improve a child's academic success, their self-esteem and re resilience. So those are major benefits now that we're all forced to eat together during this time, I think it would be a good habit to continue once the quarantine is over. You know, I think it was Norman Rockwell that had a painting of the family sitting around the table just, uh, I think they may have been praying, but the point was they were all gathered around eating dinner and he may have been onto something. Have you noticed that all the old TV shows that are on TV land, all of them show the families eating dinner together all the time. And, you know, it's not like they had some sort of agenda. That's just what people did back then. Right. So it's a great place to be supportive of your family, improve the relationships, the nutrition, and prevent a lot of things that I just mentioned. Family is one place of support, but teens and even younger children are right now really struggling with being away from their friends. Uh, do you have some ideas for these families? Well, first you have to remind them that you can't always, you know, if your friends are well. That's one of the reasons why you can't be with them. I think it helps kids to remember why are we doing that, not just tell them, you know, so what, we can't do it. But even if their friends don't appear sick, we know that they can be carriers of this virus. So they have to distance right now, but you can encourage them to be active on sites with videos you know, so that they can at least see each other. You can validate their disappointments. I think it's good not to try to talk them out of feeling disappointed, but mm -hmm. just validate the way they feel and then help them focus on the moment and what they can do to build both good physical, mental, and spiritual health. Maybe getting them involved in some activities like tie-diving sweatshirts or shirts. My daughter has been doing this with her roommate, and they are actually <laughs> getting requests for online orders. Oh, wow. They must be really good. That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> you know, maybe in your family you could start uh, budding business with a teen, or you could get your teen out and do some of that yard work we've been talking about, get them outdoors, clean your garage. We did that one weekend, and it was really amazing what we found in our garage as well. You know, churches are really trying to keep kids and teens engaged as well. So they, uh, they're using Zoom on Wednesday nights to meet as a youth group, and they are using Zoom for Bible studies. I know it's not the same as being with their friends, but it does keep them connected. So I really like that churches are doing that. That's right. The technology is really getting us through this, uh, this time right now. Well, let's take a short break, and when we return, we'll talk more about ways to build your spiritual life during this time.
Letting Go of Worry by Dr. Linda Mintel, available on her website at drlindamintel.com and online. You're listening to the Dr. Linda Mental Show, and Dr. Linda has written numerous books that you can find on her website or online. Her latest book is Living Beyond Pain, and it was written to help anyone living with pain get their life back with practical tools that are not related to taking drugs. Check out her website, drlindamental.com. That's where you will find the book Living Beyond Pain. And you can connect with Dr. Linda on social media, and don't forget about the podcast on iTunes. Dr. Linda, speaking of uh, social media, we see a lot of funny and crazy things families are doing. But here is a story from your world of medicine. It's about a singing doctor who is helping people, and he believes he can go places medicine can't go. Through his songs, that's right. His name is Elvis Francois. He's an orthopedic surgery resident, and his songs have gone viral because of his live performances that he's doing in hospitals. Francois, who is in his last year of residency at the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, began singing in high school and church, but he didn't really take it too seriously. And now, at the age of 34, as a doctor, he's got a beautiful voice. He's actually releasing his first ever EP, and all the proceeds will be donated to the Center of Disaster Philanthropy COVID-19 Response Fund. Isn't that great? That is great. He uh, had a little hidden talent there that he can put to good use. A few weeks ago, he got a call from two executives from the Nashville-based Big Machine Label Group, asking how they could help him spread his message of hope and joy through his music. A few people pulled the resources together, helping Francois get into a recording studio to record the four-song EP called Music is Medicine, which is being independently released on the newly formed Dr. Elvis Records. <laughs> it's a great title, isn't it? His, his first name's Elvis, so it's not related, but it's a great little you know play on words there. <laughs> uh, and once he finishes his residency, he's heading to Harvard's Teaching Hospital in Boston to complete a fellowship in spine surgery. So, Chris, he's using his God-given talent to bring solace and comfort to people in a very unique way through music. Not only being a doctor, but he's actually using the beauty of song to help heal people. And see, you really have to have a backbone to do that kind of thing, don't you? Oh, oh, but a bump. <laughs> <laughs> you know, music is healing. As our friend Steve Seiler reminded us, we had him on the show uh, to talk about his ministry. It's called Music for the Soul, and he was on not long ago. Right. Maybe we could all start singing more at home. That is a stress buster, getting our families together, maybe doing a little praise and worship to not only pass the time, but also encourage each other in our spiritual life. Do you ever sing with your family at home? Oh, yeah. We have a keyboard set up, and we do. Uh, the girls love to sing. As they are becoming budding little musicians, we have lots of fun with that. I'm not surprised. I've seen them already writing songs and doing things. You know, we're seeing so many beautiful songs being recorded on YouTube by all kinds of people. They record different voices. It looks like they're all singing together. One of my medical students sent me a beautiful YouTube video when this whole COVID-19 crisis began. It was done in Nashville, and it was It Is Well With My Soul. And boy, did it minister to me. Chris, how does that work? Because we're seeing those, a lot of those videos. Well, I got curious because you're right. We see these a lot. And there are, first of all, that's called virtual choir. And that's sort of the word that has cropped up since this all began. But apparently, there are several ways to do it. But there's an app called Acapella App. 
everyone just records the same thing and then you're able to stitch it together and it's it's amazing well if you want to fight discouragement and frustration impatience boredom and such i mean we can be very intentional about our spiritual lives and i think listening to music like that from these choirs Mm -hmm. has just been it has really helped me there was one that a whole bunch of churches in pittsburgh sang a blessing over the city of pittsburgh and it, it is so anointed it is so powerful, and it's all denominations singing together, blessing their city, which, wow, when I saw that, I was just, I was blown away by how powerful that was. And Norman, I have been actually watching every week the Brooklyn Tabernacle Choir sing. They're doing, for the first time, I think, ever, their services online because they can't meet in Brooklyn. And again, the choir is just so wonderful. It keeps us in touch also with the family of God and community. You know, so many churches are doing this. There is such a library now online of of the gospel because every church that can get a hold of a camera is putting their messages online. I think it's a great way churches are busting out with people watching because of this. But it's also important for us to spend quiet time with the Lord. I'm right now working through the book of Psalms, which is great for this time. And Isaiah is the other place I've I've been reading, reading the word, meditating on it, journaling some thoughts is a way to stay centered in a mood of peace during this time. You're talking about continuing to do spiritual disciplines during this social distancing time. And basically it involves keeping our Bible reading and a prayer life in shape. Right. And it's vital to our mental and spiritual health with all the uncertainty, all the fear, all the news. We need help discerning truth and not overreacting to information. The scriptures are just full of hope and wisdom. They keep us centered. They remind us who we are and whose we are. And they tell us we can trust God during those difficult times. I'm thinking of the verse, do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, Let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. That verse tells us to pray and pray with thanksgiving. Each day rehearse God's goodness with your family, then pray together, pray before you do anything, and even consider fasting for a period of time. Right now we're in a pause. This is a good time for all of us to refocus our minds, reflect more in prayer, and build up our spiritual immunity against unhealthy things that have invaded our lives. You know, what about the discipline of solitude? It's hard for Americans to practice solitude. We are not good at sitting still with God and listening and just enjoying his presence. I agree, and I I do believe this takes time to develop. Uh, Here's what Richard Foster says about solitude. God uses our experience of solitude to enable us to become who we truly are. We begin, slowly at first, to live simply before God, Increasingly, we come to see things in the light of eternity, and as a result, successes and failures no longer impress us or oppress us. Experiences of solitude root in us a deep, abiding hope, a hope that sees everything in the light of God's overriding governance for good. In solitude, we are so bathed in God's goodness and greatness that we've come to see the immense value of our own soul. The result is that we become increasingly freed from our frantic human strivings. In times of solitude, we become enveloped in God's very presence. When it comes to spiritual disciplines, we have to just do it. We see this time as an opportunity to build spiritual habits, especially the ones we've been ignoring. And pray for each other. Communicate with friends so you know what to pray for and pray for the needs of your family. What we are really saying is this is a chance to redeem the time. So be encouraged. 
Don't waste a crisis. Use this time to deepen your walk with Christ. We can emerge from our stay-at-home time stronger than ever. And like we said at the beginning of the show, Dr. Linda, it's okay to uh, tell a joke every now and then, too. That's right. So laugh, pray, and live. Well, that's all the time we have today. Many thanks to our producer, Normental, our engineer, and my co-host, Chris Weigel, who makes this show a conversation. From all of us here at Faith Radio, we'll talk to you next weekend. In the meantime, remember, we're doing life together, and it's better when you don't have to do it alone. Well, thanks for listening to this conversation from the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. These podcasts are available because of listener support. You can make a gift now at MyFaithRadio.com. And thanks for sharing this audio link with a friend and helping us grow the impact of the Dr. Linda Mintel Show. Also, take a moment to subscribe to the podcast today at iTunes or your podcast player, and you'll never miss a show.